Yo, welcome to episode 192 of the Zaycom Podcast. It's your boy, Mr. ZCP from the A63, aka Mr. Zaycom, aka Pork the Bull Podcast. Yes, I'm got my own intro. Um, <laughs> all right, so back in the day, when I say back in the day, I mean about four days ago, I told y'all that I'd have a game review ready for y'all. Um, that has changed. For two reasons. One reason, I've probably spent maybe one day actually watching games in the last three days. Um, Admittedly, football has kind of taken over the life. But also, <laughs> I got great news, boys. The annual Portland Trailblazers rant has assembled. So about 40 minutes ago, before I came on this, uh, I guess we could say in internationally, syndicated show that we call the Zaycombe Podcast. Chris Haynes reported that the Portland Trailblazers were still committed to building around. Sorry, I left my dog out. Portland Trailblazers are still willing to build around Damian Lillard. <laughs> uh, okay. So fast forward to, or I guess you could say we can uh, rewind. Rewind to about a year ago, actually, I made this same episode. Um, when the Portland Trailblazers, the Blazers, Jesus, essentially traded CJ McCollum for a bag of chips and then completely bung- bungled the uh, Norman Powell and Robert Covington trade. I made an, oh God, about 40 minutes, maybe, episode on almost every transaction that the Portland Trailblazers have made to essentially be right back where they started. And that's on a hard reset. Granted, they made a couple of nice moves. Obviously, they gave Anthony Thomas the ball for the, re- the, for the last three months of the year, and he was really good in those minutes. Um, same with Josh Hart. They traded for Jeremy Grant. I've made my opinions known on this podcast about Yusuf Nurkic. Um, and the bench is pretty, pretty, is at best suspect, at worst, god awful. But overall, I said that this team would likely be fighting for the eighth seed. And they still are. Every team out west, except for the Rockets and the Spurs, is still fighting for a spot out west. But recently, they they have been they have they've definitely fallen by the wayside now. They got a good win last night. Uh, again, I
So this team has not been that. They've beaten two t- actively tanking teams in the Detroit Pistons and San Antonio Spurs in their previous outings. This team has fallen off an absolute cliff, and there's not a whole lot they can really do to change that because Damian Lillard occupies 40% of the cap. Another 50-ish percent goes to um, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic, and Anthony Simons. Then you have Josh Hart, and by by that, you're already over the cap and paying GP2. Um, Justice Winslow is still under, under his deal. Like, you still have, and again, you have draft picks that you've, you know, spent. Like, you got Jabari Walker. You got Keon Johnson. Like, Portland is in the mud in when it comes to money. And they're still with, the, I think, the 11th seed out west. Semi high on Portland this year. I was like, hmm, they got to upgrade at the four position. This is probably the best um, number two option that Je- that Dame Miller has ever played. Well, I wouldn't say ever because Lamarcus Aldridge, Lamarcus Aldridge exists. But since the CJ McCollum era basically began, this is not the best 
secondary or tertiary option that Damian Lillard has ever played with. Because, you know, admittedly, he didn't really get peak Brandon Roy. And by the time he, you know, Brandon Roy was dead, like, they basically shipped him off. So it became basically the C.J. McCollum show at the two-guard position. So when you really look at it, yes, the best talent that Damian Lillard has ever played with and has still gotten them essentially the third worst record in the West. I don't know where Portland, I, there's no, again, I kind of made, made a blueprint. This, admittedly, the offseason was 10 times, probably even 20 times better than it was a year ago. Tony Snell and Cody Zeller were not the answers in 2021. And they, under and Portland very much understood that. So they just shot the shutdown down, hard reset, and they drafted Shaden Sharp, which Shaden Sharp was one hell of a pick. I will say that. Shaden Sharp has actually been pretty solid for Portland so far this year. But build around Shaden Sharp. Is basically what I'm saying. Trey Dame, maybe you can keep Simons just as like just to see what you have in him. Maybe you have another a younger Dame in him, maybe. Um, but everybody else is likely should at least be shipped out somewhere. Yusuf Nurkic, I think if it wasn't for the money that he was making, I think he'd be a perfect backup center somewhere. But he's making starting center money and no other team right now is looking for a starting center. Maybe Chicago, but even then that's, that's not, I don't even think he's the answer for Chicago right now. Chicago is another team that I've mentioned should try to make some moves. Next. Um, now that we've gotten the Portland Trailblazers thing out of the way, uh, Los Angeles Lakers made a move yesterday, traded Kendrick Nunn, um, there was a lot of co- a collection of second round picks that they they dealt in this move. Um, I believe it was twenty twenty eight Chicago, and like a the right to swap twenty nineteen twenty twenty nine with the Wizards or something like that. I think they sent the Wizards back their pick. Anyways, they sent it was a few second round picks for Rui Hachimura. It's basically what the deal was. So in other news, that was an absolute. W, in my opinion, for the Los Angeles Lakers. And I'll say this for two reasons. Reason number one, they actually got somebody that could potentially, you know, create his own shot other than LeBron James. Because really, I don't think anybody else. I mean, yeah, you got Russell Westbrook that kind of does that. But, I mean, to an efficient degree, Rory Hachimura is a better option. Which, solidly enough, they were actually able to get for a pretty cheap price. Kendrick Nunn has been golfing for the Lakers this year. Um, he's had a couple of games off the bench where he's showed up. But for the most part, just what it just was not it. Like that, that was not the move. Um, I will say, though, um, like the Lakers... Financially, I don't know where this takes them because again, they're likely going. They said that they made this move with the intention of re-signing Rui Hachimura in the offseason. Um, yeah, like that. While again, I'm all for it by all means. I'm I'm 100 like I'm not not against re-signing young talent by all means. Like, go ahead, he's only 24. I think that's a good, really good move for the Lakers in my opinion. 
uh, to resign him. But at the same time, where does this lead? Because, again, the Lakers are, you know, the team that wants all the stars. They went out and got Braun. They went out and got AD, you know, regrettably went out and got Russ. They, they're a team that, that's really fixed on the name value more than talent. And I think that's kind of what's lost to me about Rui Hachimura is that, well, yes, he is a talented player and I think is a great fit next to LeBron James. I don't know exactly where that leaves, you know, them going for like the Zach Levine's of the world or whatnot. Not saying that they should. I'm, I'm like, no, like you shouldn't really be building off a name, but you know, you know the Lakers organization at this point. Like that's that's basically their MO. But I do like I said, I'm I'm interested in the direction, but a team that I really want to talk about is the Washington Wizards. Because after that trade happened, a report from Mark Stein said that the Wizards are looking to re-sign Kyle Kuzma and Chris Stapps Porzingis. <sighs> and again, I would like to point out, what exactly is the direction of the Wizards franchise? And this is a question I've basically asked since like 2018. But this is emphasized now because Bradley Bill's not really on the market. And we're with three weeks till the deadline. Kyle Kuzma, who was probably the hottest name on the trade deadline, not named maybe Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan, one of those Bulls players or Toronto Raptors players, Kuzma was the next guy in line, might be locked down to a contract and can't be moved at the deadline because he's locked under contract. Well, you know, legally he can't be traded for a year. So my thing is, why on earth would the Wizards make any sort of move? Kyle Kuzma currently, again, depends on the team that you'll be trading him to, one of the Phoenix Suns, Los Angeles Lakers, or LA Clippers, he is worth a first-round pick, something that the Wizards are desperately in need of because, well, let's just say, they well, they gave up a couple for Russ in the John Wall trade, but also, you're a rebuilding team, or at least looking like a rebuilding team because you're the 12th seed out east. But you're a team that's in desperate need.
Now, as I say that, the Wizards have to agree to trade Bradley Beal, which for some reason they're not a board to. Like, they they rather just try to build around Beal, Kuzma, and, and Porzingis, which in the Eastern Conference, especially maybe in two years when these contracts kick in, is probably the 10th best trio in, in the Eastern Conference. When you because Boston's guys are still going to be there, Cleveland's guys are still going to be there. Um, Jesus, Milwaukee's guys will probably still be there. Like, and again, some of these younger Orlando, Orlando week, we're going to get into um, in a little bit because John Isaac just came back last night and they actually looked really good in about 10 minutes of action. Um, Orlando's young talent is exuding all NBA, ta- all NBA energy right there. Like, there's a lot of people in even Detroit. Like, Detroit, again, had another god-awful game last night against the Bucks, and genuinely the worst effort I've seen this season. But I do... Sorry, but I do see a situation where they turn it around. They still have a decent enough system to where... I think it'll uh, work out. And again, they're one franchise pick away from right back to being a, a uber talented team again. Um, so Washington has to figure that out. Whereas they're very much in the Detroit Pistons of the early 2010s or like, um, I'm trying to think if there's another example that like is the Charlotte Hornets of the same era. Whereas, like, they're comfortable rather having, like, the 10th pick of the draft than outright just bottoming out and going to get a first or second pick of the draft. And that, I think that is overall hurting the Wizards' production. And even, like I said, I'm not even speaking of this. It's just, like, somebody that's in the organization. Like, I I obviously don't have that experience. But I think long term, the Wizards have to think about just gutting this roster out. Kuzma will be very valuable at the deadline. Porzingis will be very valuable as a sign-and-trade asset this offseason. Um, maybe he does take that player option because that is a big big amount of money that Porzingis is leaving on the table. But I still think, like I said, long-term, I think there's still an option for him there. Um, Jesus. Uh, like There's still plenty of, plenty of options for the Washington Wizards. And they're, I don't think they're willing to explore any of them due to Kuzma and Porzingis likely getting these extensions. Now that we mentioned them earlier, the Orlando Magic um, brought back Jonathan Isaac last night after three games of the G League. Um, Midley didn't look too bad in the G League, looked even better in the NBA. Um, defensively, he was like... The IQ I never questioned. It was always the athletic ability. Athletic ability he showed was still very much there, and the IQ was just as high as it, especially on the defensive end. Like offensively, he was he was in the right spots. Like you know, he had a couple of shaky plays um, early on, but I think he definitely got his groove on by the time the, the ten minutes was up. But my God, <laughs> defensively. The Jonathan Isaac Defensive Player of the Year is still alive. That dream is still alive, y'all. And I wouldn't be surprised if 2025 is the year. I know 2024 might not be yet, but 2025 might be the year.
But they're talking about the Orlando Magic beating the Celtics three times this year. They're the only team to do that so far. The like Boston has very specific kryptonites. It's Orlando, Chicago, and Atlanta. Those are the two, the three teams that have really had Boston's number this year. Crazy enough, and it's three teams that are in the bottom of the East, like to, to uh, the thirteenth seed, left no tenth seed, and I believe the ninth seed is what uh, I believe Atlanta's ninth at this point. Um, no, they won yesterday, so eighth, eighth, eighth seed. I'm pretty sure, yeah. So either way, two, three teams that are actively not that good in the Eastern Conference or not the upper echelon are like the the main kryptonites of the Celtics, which is crazy enough because you look at the Chicago Bulls last year, they were like the first seed halfway through the year, and they could only beat good teams, or they could only beat the, the sorry teams, but could never beat a good team to save their life. And the Chicago Bulls have beaten every top team in the Eastern Conference, but they've lost to the Pistons, the Magic. Um, They've lost to like teams that they should be beating, and that's kind of what has actively hurt them this year without Lonzo Ball. Um, like they beat in Boston, they beat in Chicago, uh, they beat Brooklyn. I don't I don't remember if they they did beat Milwaukee. DeMar DeRozan had a game winner. I do remember that. They beat Milwaukee. They they beat every top team in the Eastern Conference for some reason. They can't beat like those bottom of the bottom teams. Um <laughs> which is again story of the NBA. Um but like it's weird there's like with the Boston Celtics, like they just play like one of the best games they've played in, in years against the Golden State Warriors, and they come right out and get beat on basically every possession by the Orlando Magic. I know I, I said we weren't coming with game reviews. This is kind of a game review. I just find that interesting. Um. By the way, I got. I'm about to make a. a PSA in the middle of the podcast, in the middle of the podcast, but yes, the number two podcast is going to be out tonight. Um, the Park Pod, and again, y'all y'all know how that goes. Uh, but I know we talked about the injury on the podcast, and we even talked about the aftermath of the injury, but. Just news that just came out literally in the middle of the show. I just got a text about it. Um, but yeah, shout out. Um, I'm trying to think, is there any other like actual news that's come out? Like there's there's been rumblings around, you know, certain things around the NBA, but nothing that has really been confirmed. Like no, like there's you know little things like Boyan Bogdanovich is being seeked out, um, Eric Gordon, the Bucks had oh yeah the Bucks had offered Eric Gordon four second round picks or offered the Rockets second round four second round picks for Eric Gordon, and the Rockets declined. Houston, I mean I understand you know there is there is some technicalities there I I understand that there is. You can't really. I guess you could say fault room for this. I don't know. Like I said, it's not like you can actively make any wrongful suggestions with how they want to. Oh, by the way, all right. So here's here's the the Lakers. I've been looking for this for for some reason. All when I said I was talking about 
Back to the Lakers trade with Rui Hachimura. 2023 second round pick from Chicago. Um, their own 2029 second rounder. And the Wizards Lakers less favorable second round in 2028 in the Kendrick Nunn deal. Cool. So there's that. Um, so yeah, the right to swap picks basically. Um, yeah, still a W trade from the Lakers. Um, but also, yeah, uh, what was I just talking about? Oh, yeah, the Eric Gordon situation. Like, Houston, just take something, bro. Eric Gordon very clearly does not want to be in Houston no, no more. Just let it go. Let him go. Let him go to a team that's honest to God meaningful. Rockets basketball ain't meaning no, meaningful no more. And, again, I say that as they won last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves, which um, shout out to Tyler with the timeline for giving me a good laugh. Um, with a uh, Tar East and a so bad tweet. Um, but yeah, this was a absolute disgusting, disgusting act. Like the Rockets really declined that trade for Eric Gordon. Just get him out. Just get him out of that situation. Um, speaking of the Milwaukee Bucks, though, um, Sir Dave, them and Serge Ibaka have mutually agreed to find um a trade destination for him. Um. I don't know who exactly takes 2023 Serge Ibaka. Now, if this was like 2018 Serge Ibaka, um, shoot, Brooklyn. Brooklyn's like the option. And he's got the Kevin Durant relationship. But um, realistically, I don't see where he is at anywhere good. That means the knees are shot as we speak. And I say his knees are shot. He's probably going to end up as a piston. Nerlens Noel. That that's probably where it's going to be, uh, which is unfortunate because, like I said, I don't see a a world where Serge Ibaka is at anywhere valuable to an NBA on on the floor, valuable to an NBA roster. I know as a locker room guy, he's one of the best. Like I'm not gonna judge him for that at all, but on court, like yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, like I said, there's, there wasn't a whole lot of, of, like, you know, rumor mill stuff that came out over the last week-ish. Um, we do have All-Star returns. I do, I had, I do have that in the notes. Um, this one was less, um, corny than the other ones. There's still some very obviously corny ones, like, Austin Reeves is still top 10 in voting, so there, there's that. But, out west, I'm gonna keep reading these quick because there's 40 people. I'm not gonna hold you here long. Number one, LeBron. Number two, uh, this is Western Conference front court, by the way. Number one, LeBron. Number two, Jokic. Number three, Anthony Davis. Number four, Zion Williamson. Number five, Andrew Wiggins. Number six, Paul George. Number seven, Larry Marketing. Number eight, Draymond Green. Number nine, Kevon Looney. Number ten, Demonte Sabotis. With the Western Conference guards, number one, Steph Curry. Number two, Luka Doncic. Number three, John Morant. Number four, Shea Gilgeous Alexander. Number five, Clay Thompson. Number six, Russell Westbrook. Number seven, Damian Lillard. Number eight, Austin Reeves. Number nine, Devin Booker. Number ten, De'Aaron Fox. By the way, they shouted to the Kings for actually having two, ten, two people in the top ten after people were complaining that the Kings didn't get enough votes. That's a W there. <clears throat> Eastern Conference front court. Jesus Christ, this is a stacked list. And then there's number ten, Nico Klaxner. Anyways, Giannis Antetokounmpo at one. Number two, Kevin Durant. Number three, Jason Tatum. Number four, Joel Embiid. Number five, Jimmy Butler. Number six, Pascal Siakam. Number seven, Kyle Kuzma. Number eight, Paolo Boncaro. Number nine, Julius Randle. Number ten, Nico Claxton. And in the guard section, probably one that makes the most sense, to be honest. Number one, Kyrie Irving. Number two, Donovan Mitchell. Number three, Jalen Brown. Number four, James Harden. Number five, Trey Young. Number six, DeMar DeRozan. Number seven, Jamal. Uh, Jamal? LaMelo Ball. Number eight, Tyrese. 
<laughs> number eight, Tyrese Halliburton. Number nine, Derrick Rose. Number 10, Darius Garland. Yeah, like I said, still a few corny ones, but the original, um, the, the, the first ballot, like, at least, you know, some of the, about 80% of it makes sense. Like, there's the Nico Claxton's, the Kevon Looney's, the Austin Reeves of the world, like, those, those, again, I understand huge fan bases, but it's still corny that, like I said, voting for the, the mean, the big mean guys instead of, you know, the best players of basketball, but anyways, um, I think we can close the podcast out right there, I know it was a pretty short episode, but not, again, not a whole lot has happened, like, game-wise, um, you know, this, you know, we, we very much the drama podcast, you know, we, we like to talk about drama, but drama around the basketball community, at least, and, um, I guess I'll be back for a pod pod or, uh, later, um, Lord knows if it's tonight or in the or this afternoon that I'll drop it, but I will be back, of course. Um, I'm slowly starting to get you know better with my vision, like I said, like I've been open about it. If you've seen my story over the last couple of days, you, you know that my like the 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 vision has not been the best. Like it, like I've been relatively quiet in my personal life about it, but. And like I said, I've, I've still had minor issues, nothing that's been actively keeping me up, but I've still had my, definitely still had my battles. Um, otherwise, like I said, been doing pretty good. Like I said, I will be back later to talk to Popeye with y'all, and we can probably discuss a lot of this later. Um, but um, yeah, those are the programming. By the way, yes, we are now, again, with the Popeye today, we'll be back on schedule. 194 will be on Friday, 195 Tuesday, 196 and 7 on Friday, 198 on Tuesday, 199 on Friday, and then 200 on Valentine's Day. So next time, I'm all right, Jesus Christ, if you missed the previous 192 episodes, of the, or yet yeah, 192 episodes of the Zay Coma Podcast, you can about, check them out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, and of course right here when I sponsor for today, Anchor. Until next time, I love you, you love me, and let's love each other, man. It's goodbye.